the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us today. My my name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. You're listening to The Word in South Texas. At this time every week, I uh, introduce you to a pastor in and around the area. Uh, This particular program is called Church of the Week. As we highlight a church, it is our desire that you would form and be a part of the local community church. We so appreciate you tuning in uh, maybe day after day. Maybe you've got your favorite uh, teachers, Bible teachers, that you listen to on this uh uh, on the on the air, and uh, we're grateful for that, but we never want to be the substitute for the local community church. We believe that everybody should be involved. Everybody should have uh, a group of friends and, and family that they can call their brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, uh, someone that they can go to as their pastor and seek biblical counsel and advice. And so that's why we highlight different churches in and around San Antonio. And in doing so today, we hope that you would uh, be blessed by the story um, that is presented to you today. And uh, if you don't have a place of worship, if you don't have a place where you can be the hands and feet of Jesus somewhere uh, that you can gather and congregate, then we hope that uh, today um, will be a day where you decide it's time to do so. Again, my name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development, and I am here today in studio with Pastor Jim Barrier. He's a pastor at Southtown Community Church here in San Antonio. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Mark. It's really good to be here and... Um, I appreciate your effort here. I, I'm a strong believer that uh, followers of Christ should have fellowship and be plugged in someplace that they feel called and feel comfortable with and, and can use their, their giftings and abilities. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's because we're more and more busy these days that maybe that becomes a reason or an excuse as to why, well, we don't really have time to go to church, so I'll just turn on the TV or I'll just turn on the radio or I'll listen to a podcast and check that box. You but, know, I have read uh, a bit recently. There is a, a new group of people, a demographic they call Duns, D-O-N-E. Mm. And they're primarily younger people, and they're done with church. Mm-hmm. They believe in the Lord. Um, they have faith. They they want to do uh, things for God. But they just don't seem to connect with a lot of the established, organized church these days. Yeah. And they'll try it out for a while, and then they, they get bored with it or whatever. And that's a phenomenon that we're really kind of deal with as as church leaders. What are the dangers in that? Are there any dangers? Sure. Um, I think one of the purposes of a pastor and a church is to get instruction, to study the Bible, to know what it says, to know who Jesus really is and what his claim is and and how followers of Jesus should um, act that out. And I think when you're on your own, you're trying to figure things out by yourself, and you could come up to some wrong conclusions probably. And I think there's also just the concern for me of the cynicism uh, in in the the upcoming generation, and we've probably brought that on ourselves uh, 
I think it's it's possible the church has not modeled Christ-like behavior on every level. Mm-hmm. There's uh, corporate church in America has, I think, many times modeled after business America. So we have CEOs for pastors, and we were concerned with a big performance and filling the pews and filling the plates and and uh, big lights, big drums, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And when, in fact, when, when we look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, he was hands-on in the community with the people. I uh, heard someone say that a, a shepherd should smell like the sheep. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, one of the cliches that I heard uh, for years, and I've been a pastor my entire adult life, um, is that in, in a lot of churches in America, 10% of the people are doing 90% of the ministry. Right. And... Uh, I'm very happy with the place I'm at right now. It's it's the opposite at Southtown Community Church. We anyone that's there for any length of time and identifies uh, or becomes a member um, has hands-on involvement somewhere in ministry. Mm. Um, not not always a title and certainly no salary, but they're there uh, working and doing the works of Jesus. And, and I'm very very pleased with that. Well, that's something that says something great about you because that's what. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Absolutely. And uh, I try to do that. And for me, uh, it involves turning people loose, teach them, train them, lead them, help them, support them. But don't look over their shoulder and try to control them. Right. Um, I think that can squelch the life out of anything if, if a person doesn't really feel like you trust them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it sounds to me like discipleship. <laughs> That's a good word. I remember that word from the 70s. Imagine that. <laughs> well, Pastor, let's get to know you a little bit on yeah. the personal level. Tell yeah. us about you. Where are you from? Are you a family man? Uh, well, I have a family. We all do. Um, I am a third-generation San Diego native. Oh, wow. I love so, San Diego. Oh, yeah. Beautiful place. Nice place to visit, but you can't afford to live there. It is expensive. Uh, <laughs> I watch for that. Go out every year and visit family. I grew up there in an unchurched home raised by a single mom, and um, when I was 16, was introduced to Christ, um, gave my life to Christ, and took it very, very seriously. Uh, I didn't have a catechism or any religious training, so the first time I read the Bible, it was brand new and uh, a revelation, and everything I read in it challenged me. So I went all in, and... um, I mean, I was in high school, and I was witnessing to all of my friends, and they thought I was nuts. They thought I'd had a bad acid trip or something, mm. so I didn't do drugs, but uh, <laughs> I just went crazy for Jesus and um, began to uh, realize that, that this was something that was all important to me and that I wanted to spend my life somehow serving him, mm. and that eventually led to going into ministry, um, so... Uh, I think I, from that time, I, I, to quote a scripture, I put my hand to the plow and I didn't look back. Mm. And it's led me on a lot of interesting uh, adventures. And 25 years ago, I was invited uh, to interview for a staff physician at a church here in San Antonio, accepted it. They made me an offer, and my wife and I packed up, moved out here, and fell in love with San Antonio um, we were only at that church for a couple of years, but through relationships that I built uh, while here, um, got to know people. We actually went back briefly to Northern California and pastored a small church there, um, which 
didn't work out so well. Uh, it, it was a tough assignment, probably the toughest ministry assignment I've ever had because mm-hmm. I got caught in one of those things where half the people wanted to go one way and half wanted to go the other yeah. way, and I was in the middle. Yeah. And just finally said, I, I can't do this. My father-in-law was up in Lindale, California, working with Mercy Ships, uh, part of the YWAM mm-hmm. group. And it was the only time in my life I didn't have an assignment or an offer or anything. And he said, just come out and stay with me until you kind of regroup. And while there, one of the people that I'd met in San Antonio was offered this uh, pastor to a small church downtown. And he called me immediately and said, man, I'd love it if you and Leslie would come down here. Um, you could lead worship. You could teach. You could counsel. I had strengths in areas that were not his areas. And uh, I said, it's going to take a while. We prayed for about a year and a half. Mm. And then finally got the green light, if you understand my yes. thinking there. And and um, we uh, moved down here and began to work with him. Not long after that, he resigned, and the elders of the church pressed me into service and said, would you be the interim? And we prayed and felt that was right. And uh, I was the interim pastor for a year and a half, and then they finally said, you know, you just need to be the pastor. I said, well, you know, that involves the church voting, and I've been through enough <laughs> difficult church experiences, yes. coups, and yeah. and uh, church splits, and all the rest. I said, if if it's not a strong showing, I, I'm really not interested. Yeah. So the the church voted, and it was unanimous. All 20 people said yes. All right, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've been there ever since. That's been 13 years. And, yeah. And now it's it's kind of spoiled me because, as I described earlier, this this is a church of people who are servants. They're passionate about Jesus, and it's kind of ruined me to ever go back to the big mm. machinery. of I, I've been on staff at some very large churches, and it's all good. They can do things. They can take up one offering and support a missions project, and it would take me a year to raise that much. Yeah. So there's good and bad on both sides, but this is a small, intimate group. I know the members. I know their families. Uh, we're all on the same page. We don't have the political struggling of people wanting to be in control or mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff we don't worry about the finances because we don't have any, and uh, it, you know we don't have big needs. Uh, we're just we're more concerned with doing the job God's called us to do as a as a local fellowship. Yeah, Period. Pastor, you mentioned um, a little while ago a scripture that you put your hands to the plow and never looked back. Yeah, and, um, and maybe through your own experience, as you share something, uh, you can help someone today that might be at that place right now. So in the in in your adult life that you've been pastoring, ministering in, in some capacity or another, I am sure that even though you were following your call to pastor, that there were there was at least once where you felt or you at least thought about, you know what, I am taking my hands off this plow. But So if someone is there right now, what words of encouragement could you give them? Whatever else happens in your life, make sure that you still... Try to stay in touch with Jesus. Try to hear his voice. I've gone through times, just as you described, I've gone through times of discouragement, um, times when I wanted to quit. Um, And when it gets down to that, you have the Lord, and if you have nothing else, that's what you need. The, The situation I mentioned in Northern California, we hit a place where the church just hit a meltdown. 
And I went to bed that night, and I rolled over and said to my wife, you know, maybe we wake up tomorrow and the church is done. Mm. And we have each other, and we have the Lord. We're okay. And so when you have those times, uh, you have to rely on the Lord who has the big picture if you can't see beyond your own shadow. Definitely. That's where our trust needs to be. Well, we are talking to Pastor Jim Barrier. He is the pastor at Southtown Community Church here in San Antonio, located at 105 Sadie Street. You can call him at 210-862. Let me put this a little closer to me because I... It's a little difficult for me to see these days. That number again is it 210-862-1756. That's what my paper says, 210-862-1756. Uh, for more information on the ministry, uh, Sunday services at 1030 a.m. Uh, and Wednesdays, uh, there's a community dinner for the homeless from 5 to 6 where you can get have an opportunity to serve. Uh, and uh, then, of course, Bible study following right after that at 6 p.m. Pastor, tell us about Southtown Community Church. Well, what you just mentioned, the Wednesday dinner is is really the heart and soul of what we're doing. We do have a Sunday morning service and enjoy it, um, but we're we're very committed to serving the homeless and needy in our community and being a, an inner city church. There's just a lot of folks around there that are hurting, and um, we have zeroed in on that. That's what God has called us to do to care for those folks. So we we do a dinner on Wednesday night. Um, it's amazing. I get donations from some major uh, restaurant chains, and we're feeding homeless people a really, really good meal. Wow. And uh, usually 100 upward. Uh, we're, we're designing right now. We're looking at remodeling so we can add more tables and feed more people. Mm. And uh, members of the church come down there, and they, they cook and they serve. And it's just it's an awesome thing. Uh, to be a part of. How was this deposited into your spirit? How, how did this come about that you wanted to start doing this? Well, if I can pinpoint a, a time, I was driving down I-35 and at the Walsham exit and doing the turnaround, and I looked up under the bridge, and there was a man huddled up under the bridge. And you see this all the time, but it just gripped me that day. And I, I went around again, and I pulled over, and I went up and talked to him. His name was Eugene. And I took him at that time. There was a Burger King there. Now there's a Starbucks, but <laughs> who donates to us? Uh, and I, I bought him lunch and talked to him. And I, I went back. And when I saw my wife, I, I broke down in tears. Mm-hmm. And I said, "There's no difference between Eugene and me, but by the grace of God, Amen. I could be the person living under a bridge." And our church began uh, years ago feeding people on the streets. There were some laws that changed in San Antonio about yes. all of that. But we used to go down uh, under a bridge and feed people. Uh, they'd line up. We'd bring them sandwiches and breakfast tacos. And and uh, I began to identify that when you meet a homeless person and you find out their name, they cease to be a statistic. And they're human beings. And I've met people with college degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, all it takes is... A broken relationship, a failed business, something, yeah. and something snaps. Mm-hmm. And it's we, we have to be careful not to judge these people. I know that there's drug abuse, and I know there's mental illness, and I know there's alcoholism, but we don't know what they've walked through that that got them to that place. Right. I don't have any fantasy uh, that I'm going to fix the homeless problem in this city or anywhere else. 
but I do feel compelled uh, to show compassion, to minister to these people at a, at a very basic point of need. And at this, for us, that's to feed them. We also gather uh, blankets and jackets and things in the winter, and we do things we can. But just feeding them one meal a week is all we're able to do. But it makes a difference. Yeah. And, and our, our people have bought into that. And so that's, that's that's what we're doing. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. How big of a group do you have that serve, and how many? How big of the group? How big is the group that you actually serve? Um, the people that we serve uh, generally around a hundred people. Um, the biggest count we had one night uh, was a hundred and forty, and there were people waiting for a chair to be open, mm. and someone would eat and then get up and let someone else have their chair. That was that was probably during a holiday time. Um, and then I'll have anywhere from eight to 15 people. It depends on who shows up. We actually have people from other churches that come and help us serve. They want to do something on a volunteer basis and we welcome anybody that wants to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, so we usually have a a good staff of people that, uh, come down there. I have, I have a team that goes down they start early in the day and start cooking and, um, and then the food is ready and then, uh, the way it's set up, everyone's at, a, at we have tables and chairs. We bring a plate of food to them. We serve them, uh, and then about halfway through the night, uh, we have seconds, and then with seconds, they bring their plate and they line up and come through cafeteria style. And whatever we have left, we give them some of that. Yeah. And uh, it it's a pretty uh, well oiled machine at this point. We've been doing it for so long, and I really don't have much to do with it. I've trained and delegated and I, i'm down there all the time but they're they know what they're doing my staff i call on my staff they're just volunteers sure and um they have a pretty good thing going there mm, i imagine i mean obviously god is in the middle of all that and there's yeah. some beautiful moments and, yeah. and testimonies and things that you've seen throughout uh, the time that you've been serving them down there and share one one story of something that uh, you experienced that you saw that uh, just touched your heart there's so many one night, there was a, a, a gentleman there, and I get to know the people's names. Mm-hmm. His name was Nito. And my wife came over and said, can I get you anything? He said, just some water. She said, you don't want any iced tea or anything? No. Are you going to be eating? No. Um, my stomach's bothering me. I'm not going to eat. And she said, why are you here? And he said, I'm here to be part of the congregation. And I realized I have two churches. I have the Sunday morning congregation I have the Wednesday congregation. People come to me every week for counseling, for prayer. I'm their pastor, mm-hmm. at least on that night. And and that's a humbling thing. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment. I mean, you know, they're homeless people. They come in. They don't look good all the time. They don't smell good all the time. A little rough on the edges. But they need fellowship. They need a pastor. They need a safe place. Sure. And that's what we offer them. It's not just a meal. They're coming for much more than the meal. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, thank you so much for for what you do. How can how can we, the church, the body of Christ, be more involved? Now, I understand that every you know most churches they kind of have their niche. They they're yeah. kind of they have yeah. their area of the focus that God has given them. And uh, not to say that one's better than the other. Right. We're all the hands and feet of Jesus. Every yeah. joint supplies absolutely. But for someone that might be involved in a ministry or or just a Christian that isn't necessarily involved in ministry anywhere, um, that really hasn't um, uh, done much in this area of 
actually serving, literally, physically serving someone else, um, what can they do? What are the first steps? Well, well I, it, we have helped people with that. Um, and this is the advice I've given people. It's, it's often young people. They want to do something. And I say, um, go to the pastor or the elders or some people in authority in your church. Tell them you have a burden. You want to do something for homeless people and um, or whatever area it is. And ask them if they'll pray with you and support you in that. And then um, if it's in this city, I can tell you where the homeless people hang out. And, and most of them are down near the uh, county jail area and where uh, mm-hmm. Haven for Hope and those, those parts. Um, and you have to be careful because of the city laws here. Um, but find the people and then partner with someone in your church and say, this is what I would like to do. Um, and at some point, uh, you'll have to approach your pastor or leadership and say, can we make an appeal to the congregation, anyone that would like to be a part of this ministry? And um, you have to assure the pastor that it's not going to be a stress on their budget. That's a big concern for most pastors. And say, maybe make an appeal if someone wants to contribute to this. We want to make sandwiches. I'll tell you a thing that anybody can do. You can go to Walmart or any number of places and buy white athletic socks, tube socks. Socks are like gold Mm. for homeless people. If you imagine no laundry, after a few days, the socks are pretty ripe. And we give out socks, and anyone could go gather up socks, and there's not a law in the city about handing out socks, and um, just go around and and give people socks, find a, a congregation of people on a corner and say, here, here's some socks. Uh, I have a friend in San Diego, and she got this idea. She does Ziploc bags, and she puts some granola bars, a bottle of water, some socks, uh, personal items, waterless hand cleaner, mm-hmm. things like that, and just keeps them in her car. And if she sees somebody on a corner with a sign, she rolls down the window and says, here, God bless you. That's good. And anyone can do that. That's good. Now, how can someone specifically partner with Southtown Community Church? What do, is, there a, is there a course? Is there anything they need to go through? No. Are there any formalities? No. Do they no. just show up and say, here I am? What you do you need me to do? Up. Call me at 210-862-1756. <laughs> I'll give you directions. You can come down and help. We do make you wash your hands and wear gloves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's really to have a heart to love people. Yeah. The food is just a means of demonstrating love to people. And so we will welcome anyone that wants to volunteer um, and come down there and talk to people, love them. Mm-hmm. We had a, a rather surly gentleman one evening, and afterwards some of my staff said, what are we supposed to do with these people? And I said, here's what we do. We love them, and we love them, and we keep loving them until they believe we love them. Then maybe they'll be open to the idea that God loves them. Hmm. And so uh, we love people, we feed them, we make them feel safe and welcome. We treat them. One night a, a man said to me, we love coming here because you don't call us homeless people. You just call us people. Mm. And you treat people with dignity and respect. They were created in the image of God, and Jesus died for their souls. Amen. So they have a lot of worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you didn't catch that number, I want to give it to you again. It's at 210 862-1756, call Pastor Jim and just say, hey, I'm available. Where can I help? Where do I need to show up? Um, Pastor, 
uh, as we're getting ready to close here, when your day comes, Lord calls you home, mm-hmm. what do you want people, what do you want to leave behind? What do you want people to say about you? That a bruised reed he would not break and a smoking flax he would not quench. That's that's what I would like to be remembered for. Wow. Well, Pastor, once again, thank you so much for what you do, for the people that are uh, selfless, that just give and give and just honor these men and women and, and uh, respect and g- give them the integrity that they deserve because they are human beings and they're yeah. loved by Jesus just mm-hmm. as much as he loves me and you. Uh, so uh, our heartfelt thank you to, to to you and everyone that makes up Southtown Community Church. <clears throat> We want to make sure that you have all of the contact information. Uh, once again, grab a pen, uh, grab a notebook, write this down. Um, and uh, and if you can, share it with some of your friends. Invite them to join you uh, to Southtown Community Church. Uh, they're located at 105 Sadie Street in San Antonio. Uh, you can contact Pastor Jim Barrier directly at 210-862-1756. Make yourself available. Say, hey, Pastor, I, I got two of my best friends with me. We want to come down and just be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And how can we be of service to you and to uh, the people in the downtown area? 210-862-1756. Join them for Sunday service at 1030 a.m. And uh, most importantly, at the community dinner that begins at 5. So if you can be there even earlier to help and set up and that kind of thing, that'd be great. Um, uh, it goes from five to six and then the Bible study at six o'clock for those that would like to stick around and, uh, and be discipled by God's word through the words of, uh, pastor Jim Barrier. Pastor, thanks again for being here with us. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. And, uh, we hope that you, uh, have a rest, a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to AM 630 KSLR. My name is Mark Longoria. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.